Hey, it's the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Ari Sarsilari, a meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. I'm joined by Jonathan Erdman. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He lives in Wisconsin, and uh, he's also, you know, he just happens to be a really good meteorologist. And today we're going to talk about some of our favorite weather websites, you know, whether it's for you know, professional level, looking for weather models, some of the nitty gritty stuff, or if it's for just kind of some of the regular weather weenies that just want to go learn more about weather and maybe discuss weather and stuff like that. How's it going, John? Hey, Ari, it's awesome. Great to be with you. And and I got to say, this is probably the most excited I've been for a Weather Channel podcast so far. This is I really look forward to sharing some of these websites with everybody. Yeah, because you've got some great ones. I remember when I first started working here in 2014, you know, it's it's new when you come from local news to working for a, a national and international company. You guys are covering stuff all over the place, and there's so many times where I'm like, I, I, do you guys have a resource for this? Like, I don't know where to find information on this typhoon that's going to be hitting Taiwan and all this kind of stuff. So, I was always impressed by um, how many great resources you had access to, and you've probably learned a lot over the years. You know what? Why don't you start us off? What's one of your favorite weather websites? Well, you know, Ari, just for fun, uh, just to make everybody else feel much younger, um, I still remember uh, in my days at the University of Wisconsin as a bachelor's degree student back in the early 90s that there was something called a gopher server way back when. And and the excitement of the time <laughs> was that we could actually pull up National Weather Service forecast discussions and zone forecasts and everything just, just in pure text form. So nothing graphical. We would get so excited that we could actually read that on our on our PC at home. So we've we've certainly come a long way. Um, maybe the first one I'll start out with, um, and again for full disclosure, um, you know, Ari and I both went to the University of Wisconsin, so there'll be a couple of UW sites in there, but they would they would be in my list regardless. Um, one of my favorite sites of all, and particularly for satellite meteorology, is a site from the. Uh, from Sierra's Ram Branch at uh, on, on the campus of Colorado State University, and it's what they call a satellite slider. Um, and, and again, we should probably start out by saying uh, we will have a link to all these websites uh, that we discussed today uh, in the description section of this podcast. So uh, all those links will be there. So uh, obviously, it's a little hard to give the link over the podcast, but uh, anyway, yeah, the Sierra Ram Branch right slider. I'm sitting. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm I'm sitting here and sure. I'm literally opening up the article and I'm just going to be going through these websites as we go. I'm sure John's going to be doing the same thing, but yeah, we're going to include a link. John actually did a really nice little write-up where he took all these websites uh, that we kind of predetermined. We talked about it before we did the podcast and we listed them. So, you know, obviously you're going to be listening to the podcast. It's going to be tough to, you know, understand exactly what we're looking at. We're going to try to do our best to explain it, but I would totally encourage you to click the link um, in the description, and it should uh, link you right to this article that has a great list of these websites. All right, Jonathan, I'm sorry I uh, interrupted you. Go ahead. Sure, no problem. So, yeah, I mentioned this Sierra Ram Branch uh, satellite slider. So, you know, recently within the past year or so, we've we've had new satellites launched, goes east, and now eventually we're going to get goes west. Uh, and also we have the Himawari satellite, which is out over the Western Pacific, and probably my favorite website to look at all this incredible satellite imagery is by the Sierra's Ram Branch at Colorado State University. So when you pull up the site, you get this uh, satellite loop that comes up. It, it's it's over the it's over the entire. It's kind of a full global look, and you can click on the um, click on the selection buttons on the left side, and you could choose either to look at the full disk, you can look at the just the United States, or you could look at several what are called mesoscale looks at small smaller scale looks at a, a specific storm of interest. And it's just, it's just incredible. You can zoom down in 
uh, through uh, to any area that you're interested in. You can pick what part of the globe you want to look at, what what's satellite imagery you want to look at, whether it's, say, the Western Pacific. You can choose the Himawari satellite imagery. They even have added just a uh, just recently uh, a view of the JPSS satellite, which looks at the uh, basically looks like a top down view of the North Pole. And it's just, it's just terrific. You can look at all the water vapor and infrared and uh, traditional visible satellite imagery, but the cool thing in the GOES imagery is it actually has the global lightning mapper products on there. So you can look at lightning data throughout the entire domain of the GOES satellite. So you can, you can look for things like rapidly intensifying hurricanes, you know, see lightning in the eye wall and things like that. It's just a spectacular site. And you can also look at archived imagery as well. So well done by Sarah you know, Rambranch. I'm really glad you brought this site up because it's one that I actually don't use very frequently. Every once in a while, I'll see a link to it. Somebody will tweet out a cool satellite image or something like that. But this is definitely a satellite lovers uh, website. You know, if you need satellite data, this is definitely uh, one of the top ones to go to. I love it. Okay, uh, my turn, right? Are we going to go back and forth? Sure, that works. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Um, okay, one of my fa favorite websites, and again, we're going to go back and forth between like you know, technical ones, and then also ones that are a little bit more user-friendly uh, for people who maybe don't know quite as much about weather. But I know a lot about weather, and I still use this website all the time. It's called theweatherprediction.com. Uh, there's this guy named Jeff Habe. I know he's a professor. I Do you know what school he teaches at, John? Uh, you know, this is the first I've heard of this site, so this is I'm, I'm pretty excited to delve into this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe, I thought this was just like a total staple of the meteorologist community. Yeah, you're going to love this site. It's kind of old school in the way that um, it's laid out just super simply. It's not like super pretty or anything like that, but this website is very well known for having just a ton of information about meteorology. So this would be a great website for somebody who is thinking about going into weather or, you know, a meteorology student who needs some information about a certain part of weather. Um, you've got everything from, you know, I'm just reading off a couple of things here. Hey, how to time a front, uh, advection aloft and surface temperature, uh, timing precipitation, what, you know, just lots, just tons of stuff. They've got model data on there. And, you know, I actually have seen a lot of meteorologists use this site because he has some specific, um, some specific uh, trainer courses or, you know, sample questions for like an AMS broadcast seal, or they call it the CBM now. So this would be for broadcasting meteorologists or uh, people going for their NWA seal. So this is just an amazing website. And the guy is super, super nice. I'm Facebook friends with him. I've never met him in person, but I have uh, talked to him several times online. And uh, this one, just the nice thing about it is that you know, he does a very good job of explaining things in regular people terms, which I really appreciate. Are you checking it out right now, John? What do you think? Yeah, I'm scrolling through right now. And this is this is utterly impressive. You could almost have a continuing ed course just just on this website alone. <laughs> so uh, this this is absolutely a, a, a top hit for for anybody who's interested in meteorology as a career or even those that need a refresher once in a while. Oh, listen, I can't tell you how many times, especially working at this job where, you know, we end up having to do some kind of video about some kind of weather phenomenon that I'm like, oh, yeah, what was that again? Like, I got to think back to school and I'll, you know, I have no shame. I've got to Google stuff sometimes, like, uh, for example, fire whirl or fire tornado. I was Googling that the other day. And, um, you know, it'll take this website has all that kind of stuff. And I've used it several times, even in my current professional career. Um, awesome website. All right. Your turn, John. 
Okay, well, let's go, let's head out of the uh, the satellite realm and let's head into winter. Uh, one of the go-to sites I look for for snow cover is from NOAA's National Operational Hydrological Remote Sensing Center, which is a mouthful to say. <laughs> but uh, it, sometimes we just refer to it by its acronym NOHRSC. And basically, you click on that website and you basically can pull up snow depth analyses that are done by satellite. Uh, for any calendar day going back to 2003, so it has the current day, and then you can there's um, you know there's pull down menus where you can select any year, so you can compare the snow cover say on Christmas morning uh, of this year and compare it to past years over 15 years and see how the snow depth has changed. We use it quite a lot in our content, and uh, it, it's just it's kind of terrific perspective. It's also good perspective by looking at how much water is locked in the snowpack, which is always a concern when uh, you have, say, rapid snow melt, and you could have spring flood concerns, or if you have rain on snow events, see how much water could be unleashed in that uh, snowpack. So it's just a terrific site by uh, Noah. I love this website. This one, it, you know, the graphics are so clean. You know, I just love seeing stuff in just graphical form, you know, snow depth, like how much snow is on the ground in the United States right now. And it'll just give you this beautifully contoured map of exactly where all the snow is. And you can totally see where the heaviest of it is on the ground, et cetera. Um, by the way, for you guys not familiar with who we are, and trust me, I don't blame you <laughs> if you don't. It's OK. Um, I do videos, right? So I go in front of the camera and I make videos. John writes articles. So, you know. The idea that I'm trying to get across here is that you're going to probably see that we have kind of different tastes in websites, but, you know, for your articles, John, I mean, isn't it the case that very often you have to go back and look through historical data and do research and all that kind of stuff? Oh, all the time. Uh, every day in almost every article, you know, we, we, what we try to do here at the Weather Channel, weather.com is provide perspective, uh, not just, not just give the forecast, but also, you know, put things into some historical context. So yeah, that, that happens every day. All right, I'm going to move on to uh, one of my picks here. Uh, this is a website that I know you use, John, because when you give weather briefings and when I give weather briefings, we both like to use this website because the model data is so clean and pretty to look at. Shout out to Levi Cowan. I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, but he is an excellent meteorologist, and he's got a great website. He's kind of a tropical specialist, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the website's called tropicaltidbits.com. Now, you might think that it's you know, only a tropical weather website. That's not the case. Um, the reason why I like this website so much and what I use it for usually is for just the cleanliness of their forecast models. It's a really nice setup. It's a really nice GUI, if you want to call it that, uh, user interface. And um, it's just super clean, super easy to use. You can choose your model. The color tables are really pretty. And so when you're, you know, for John or for me, if we're presenting to, uh, um, you know, a group of people at work and we need to have something that's clear and easy to understand, like, okay, here's where the storm is. Here's where it's going to be at this hour. Here's how much rain is going to fall. You know, all that kind of stuff. I love this website for that. The other reason that I love it, and again, we're talking about tropicaltidbits.com, is because um, the guy who runs it's a really good meteorologist. And like I said, I, I think he's a tropical specialist, so he's always putting out videos like uh, basically embeds his YouTube videos into the front of the site. So during hurricane season, say, for instance, like right before we have Hurricane Michael hitting, you can actually go there and get his uh, perspective on stuff. And he gives you some really good in-depth um, analysis of the storms. And I really like his stuff. I think it's pretty good. I, I know you know this site, right, John? 
Yeah, and Levi's a must-follow on Twitter too at Tropical Tidbits. Um, you know, yes, he's yes. just one of, one of my favorite things about meteorology today um, is the willingness of experts in meteorology to share their expertise and insight in social media. And and Levi is one of the absolute best uh, to follow uh, during any, not just during an active hurricane, but even just during the hurricane season for his perspective. But yeah, there's, there's so many things on the site. There's a uh, hurricane season analog, seasonal analogs. If you really want to dig deep, um, you know, historical hurricane tracks in, in each basin. Um, of course, if there's a, if there's a reconnaissance mission into an active storm, there's, there's links to look at, look at the aircraft recon data in real time. Um, you can look at intensity models and track models for hurricanes. I mean, it's, it's all there and, and leave out is a terrific job on that. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's definitely a staple. It's funny. Cause I'm just looking at some of this stuff now. I didn't even know about some of that stuff. You were just talking about the hurricane season analogs and all that, because once again, it's like something I don't have to deal with very often for me. It's just kind of like, here's the storm. Where's it going? I need a forecast model and that's about it. But yeah, you can really dig in on this site uh, if you're a weather geek. All right. How about your next pick? Well, let's see. We did, uh, we did satellite, we did snow. Uh, let's go with, a. Let's go with a network of trained volunteers, a volunteer network of taking precipitation data that supplements National Weather Service observations. It's called the COCORAS, and uh, I'll just spell it. It's C-O-C-O-R-A-H-S dot org. Uh, and that stands for Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, and Snow Network. So, you know, we have a lot of National Weather Service observations of rain and snow and even hail, uh, but... Uh, you know there there are gaps in that uh, in in that official National Weather Service network. So there's a volunteer network of observers uh, around the country, and if you go to the site cocoross.org, uh, you can pull up rain, snow, and um, and other observations from this volunteer network. They're trained volunteers. They each have uh, a rain gauge. They've been trained in snowfall measurement, and it's really a terrific supplement in uh, in in not just daily weather, but in big storm cases, sometimes you'll get some impressive storm, uh, impressive storm totals out of that network that you may not get just looking at conventional national weather service observations. So again, it's a cocorahs.org. This is something that I think is so important and something I would love to see more people, um, uh, you know, participate in this kind of stuff because the data is so ridiculously useful for the meteorologists, you know? Um, you know, like you were talking about, uh, very often you can have storm systems that have a lot of small scale or mesoscale features that, you know, uh, maybe the government uh, weather. Uh, what is what am I trying to call it? OK, yeah. Like maybe the maybe the maybe the government uh, weather observation stations are too far apart that you can't see all the detail that you need to and what is going on at the ground and what's going on at the surface. So. You know, these kinds of user observations, you see it on Wonderground, you know, you've got the Wonder Map, a lot of people involved in this kind of stuff and the Coco Ross. Did we even say what that, uh, did we say what it stands for? <laughs> we did. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny acronym, but, uh, you know, the neat thing about it is they still need volunteers. So if you're interested in that type of thing, if you want to become an observer, um, there's a link on the Coco Ross site. Uh, on the left side that says help needed. And it'll explain how you can volunteer, how you can become trained, and you can be one of those dots uh, sending observations that uh, will be used by uh, meteorologists around the country. All right. I'm going to go to my next pick, which is, um, it used to be a staple for me. I don't go there as often right uh, nowadays, 
Um, and I don't really know why, honestly. I guess I just kind of got into some other sites for my model data. But uh, the College of DuPage, they have an amazing weather webpage. And it actually has uh, kind of evolved over time. It used to be a lot more simple. Um, now it's it's still clean and easy to use, don't get me wrong. But um, it, it's got a lot of new features. I think this was one of the first easiest ways to get uh, views of GOES 16 data. But this, for some reason, like back in this site, I just heard about, back in the day, I'd heard about this site from somebody and I used it so much. I used it for, it was my complete go-to for radar data. They got really clean, nice looking, um, you know, color tables on there. And the regions that you can choose from are very useful. I specifically remember, I don't know why I remember this. Like John said, we went to school at the University of Wisconsin. And I remember like sitting out on a balcony, watching the squall line come in. And then I remember going inside with my friends and showing them the radar. And it was this site that I used. <laughs> why do you remember just stupid little things like that? But that was a, that was a nasty storm. That must've been in like 2004, 2005. It was a squall line that went through Madison. It caused a lot of uh, wind damage and there was some big hail in it too. Must have been in the summer. Anyway, you can get a lot of stuff on this website. It's 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 obviously associated with a uh, a school, the College of DuPage Meteorology Program, and the the link is weather.cod.edu, and um, they've got lots of forecast models. They've got a ton of uh, current analysis tools. It's just another one of these really clean, nice websites to use for that. Are you familiar with that one? Sure am. Well, you're stirring up memories, Ari. Uh, you know, one of the one of the neat things about the College of DuPage website is they have a very simple interface to look at National Weather Service products. So, um, if you click on the weather analysis tools, I believe I'm doing that right now. Okay, I'm doing it with you. There we go. And uh, along the left side, they have severe weather text, and you can click on recent severe warnings and recent flood warnings, and it just wherever there's a severe thunder a severe thunderstorm or tornado warning or watch or a flash flood or flood warning or watch, it'll just pop up. And so it just it just collects all these warnings from across the country in, in one easy interface, you know, ordered ordered uh, chronologically. Then you can click on the NWS state products and you can just click on a state that's interesting to you and you can it'll give you all the National Weather Service products out there. So I always thought they did a really nice job of organizing that. And yeah, that's still actually a staple of mine as well. Yeah, it's a great site. And there's just something to be said for, you know, clean, clean interface, easy to use. I think that's what it's all about nowadays. And these guys have uh, really stayed with the times. There are some, you know, that aren't all that clean. Oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't say this. I'm going to offend people. But one that I always couldn't stand that a ton of meteorologists love is the the Penn State E-Wall. You know that one? I do. That's a, that's one I check on every once in a while. It's it's pretty intimidating when you first go there. It's, yes, it it's uh, you know, there's some... It's kind of a link. Uh, there's, a, there's a term some people use called link farms, where it's just this, <laughs> just this massive list of links. And you just, you know, you, you, the first time you go there, you, your your head could explode. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty valuable site. I use that every once in a while as well. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some good stuff on there, but you got to know how to navigate the site. It's definitely for a more advanced user, that's for sure. All right. Um, what is your next pick, John? Okay, so again, the disclaimer is I am a University of Wisconsin grad, so this is this is a bit of a homer pick. But I would say if this this is the one website that I use in hurricane season, that if it and it I can't remember it ever going down, but if it ever went down, I would I would be in trouble. Let's put it that way. And that's the University of Wisconsin's Tropical Cyclones page. And uh, again, it's linked on our. I, I guess I could read the URL here. This one's pretty. It's tropic dot w-i-s-c dot edu and it it is your 
is kind of your typical one-stop shop for tropical meteorology, particularly tropical satellite meteorology. Uh, you can click on any active storms that are there, and it'll it'll pop up. It'll pop up a pop-up box, and you can you can uh, do some analysis on it as far as shear, um, you know, various other factors around an active tropical cyclone. What I really love about this is about you know, about halfway down the page when you when you load that up uh, under regional real time products, you can look at winds and analyses of each tropical basin. And so I find this just fantastic to look at uh, to. And they've it done a great job quantifying um, satellite estimated wind shear, uh, satellite estimated winds, um, upper level divergence. So you can get an you can get an idea of what the atmosphere is like in the tropics and how conducive it is for, say, a tropical wave moving into that area to develop. So um, again, this is a this is an absolute linchpin of mine, and uh, you know, just a shout out to. Uh, the University of Wisconsin's uh, Space Science and Engineering Center and the uh, the Sims team there they just do a tremendous job. Uh, one other link on that page that I love is when you have a when you have a really intense hurricane or tropical cyclone or typhoon anywhere. Uh, there's a link called Mimic TC which pulls up these microwave uh, satellite loops. It's called uh, Morphed Integrated Microwave Imagery at Sims <laughs> Mimic. And if you click on uh, in a, a particularly intense cyclone, you get these spectacular uh, loops that follow the hurricane or typhoon, and you can see the incredible structure in the microwave imagery. So those again, are, this is this is probably my favorite website. Those are absolutely fantastic. Those those uh, microwave images, I think they look so cool. You see them, and and they're kind of nice because they're small, and you can make them into a GIF really easily and post them on uh, Twitter and people get a kick out of them because they just look so interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like the close-up of the eye where you can see these really nice uh, small-scale things going on like an eyewall replacement. If you've, if you've never watched, you haven't lived until, until you've watched an eyewall replacement on microwave satellite imagery, right? Yeah, most definitely. That's, that's, the, that's probably the best use of that mimic imagery is um, you know getting a sense of getting a sense of what the inner structure is. If, if you have a case where there's some obscuration of the eye, of the eye itself, it becomes a little bit cloud filled. You can still get an idea of the structure of that by looking at microwave imagery. All right. I'm going to go to another one of my picks here. Um, this one is a little different than the last ones. We've been talking about some technical ones where you get uh, weather models and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I want to talk about AmericanWeather.com. I think the link is AmericanWX.com. And uh, they have a forum on there. It's like a message board. So, you know, when you're into something, you want to go on a message board and talk about it, or maybe you look for a subreddit or something like that. Um, but this is, at least from what I have found, it's the biggest community that I can find online where it's just a bunch of weather geeks that want to talk about weather stuff. They have different forums like uh, weather forecasting and discussion. Uh, they've got a climate change forum, weather photography, meteorology 101, where you know, meteorologists will teach people who want to be meteorologists about stuff. Um, I sp one specific thing about this website that I remember, and uh, to be completely fair and honest, I'm not very active on it anymore, but just because I'm, I'm not really into like the forum thing as much anymore. But um, I remember back in, I think it was 2000, when was Joplin? Was that 2011 or 2012, the tornado? Yeah, I believe it was 2011. I think you're uh, right. If I remember correctly. Anyway, yep. I remember I was um, working in West Virginia and I was following a thread. There was there was there was a guy who lived in Joplin, 
uh, while they were under a tornado warning, there was a, you know, there's a big severe weather threat of the day or whatever it was. And he was saying, oh my gosh, I live in Joplin. They just issued a tornado warning and he had to go in his closet. And this whole thing was just followed in the message board in that thread. And basically he made his last post. He went into the closet to take cover and they didn't hear from him for days, you know, because everything obviously got completely wiped out. If you're not familiar, it was a, you know, EF5 tornado that completely wiped a huge portion of that town off the map. So, you know, and anyway, he ended up being fine and, you know, it was just because they didn't have internet and stuff like that. So he uh, ended up being okay, but it was just very interesting to follow the thread. It's just a very, you know, kind of a personal story there that I came across on there. You ever, you ever posted on uh, weather forums or message boards or anything before? I haven't posted in a while, uh, but uh, yeah, these, these, this gives you kind of a, a pulse of what's what the chatter is going on out there, and and I always I always find it interesting just to read some perspectives out there. Sometimes you get, you know, from uh, weather enthusiasts, professional meteorologists, you get a nice mix in there. So I, I do find them useful every once in a while just to take a look at uh, what you know what's kind of bubbling under the surface before you might read something more official from say either the National Weather Service or Weather dot com. Exactly. All right, your turn. Oh, let's see. Where do we go? I'm scrolling down the list. Uh, let's see. We covered tropics last time. Um, I'll give a shout out to the Southeast Regional Climate Center and uh, what they've what they've done. And th- their website is uh, sercc.com. Uh, but linked in our article that's in the description section here is is a perspectives map they've put together. And this is another one of my linchpin sites. And uh, a shout out to uh, William Schmitz. And to the whole staff at SERCC, they just do a tremendous job with this page. What this allows you to, what this tool allows you to do, is not only plot, um, you know, say precipitation totals or average temperatures, you know, over a period of time, say a year, year to date, a month, uh, a season, but it also allows you to put it in perspective as to, you know, what, how far above and below average it is. And then also what what that would rank in the in the historical record. So when you when you click on that site, that perspectives map site, um, again you'll come with you'll, you'll see a U.S. map. You'll see a bunch of numbers all over the place, uh, and that and that shows rankings uh, of a particular variable. So if I was, I was able to click on in the upper right on say total precipitation and let's say through uh, through the time we're recording this podcast, and I'll say year to date. And then I click on rankings under station display and click perspectives. Um, you know, we're recording this podcast here in the middle of December, 2018. And so it, it, it plots a bunch of cities that with ones on the map that show it's been their wettest um, year to date on record. So it just helps to put all this in perspective, you know, how warm has it been this year? How warm has it been this season? How wet has it been this season? And, and they just do a terrific job of that in a very simple to use map interface. Which is obviously really important for you because you write articles. But I would also think just for, you know, a regular weather enthusiast, I mean, the, the website itself, it's got a little bit of a, I don't know. I mean, it looks ever so slightly intimidating maybe if, um, you know, if you're not like a, like super technical, but it's really not that bad actually, right? It's a it's a little wonkish to to get used to. Um, I usually click on the uh, regional map perspectives, and then yeah, you can you can plot stuff like precipitation and temperature. And and again, it's just a it's a very simple, quick look at 
you know, how wet it's been, how dry it's been, how warm or cold it's been over a period of time. And it just allows you to put things into perspective. All right. How many more should we do here? You want me to do uh, one more? One more each? Yeah, that works. All right. Let's do this. Um, all right. I got to give a shout out to grlevelx.com. So this is not specifically like a website where you're going to find weather information on the website, but it is uh, the main website of this uh, product line called Gibson Ridge Radar Products. And it's basically like all this stuff you're talking about, John, where you're like, this site is my go-to, this site is my go-to. Like basically I have one program that has a lot of that stuff, obviously not quite as detailed as some of it, but it's a program called GR Earth where... Oh my gosh, the amount of information. It's 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 an application. It's a program that you install on your computer and it just allows you to look at any part of the globe and just get whatever the weather information is that's going on there right now. You can also uh, put forecast data into it. Uh, it pops up local storm reports when they come up. Everything is just super, super clean and easy to see and it gives you everything you need like immediately. There's not a day where I come into work and I don't immediately open this. This is the first thing I open. Right now I've got um I've got the mesoscale overlay on, which I have set to uh, sea level pressure. So I've got all these uh, isobars on the map, and I can see there are a lot of them in North Texas right now. So that probably means it's pretty darn windy there. And uh, we're recording this on the 13th of December. You'll probably remember this day if you live in Amarillo or Lubbock or a place like that. But, um, you know, it, it's just I love it. It has so much stuff. They have other programs on there, too. Uh, for like more advanced users, one is called a GR2 Analyst or Gibson. What is it? Yeah, GR2 Analyst, I think is what it's called. It's funny. I've been like a heavy user of it so long and I can't even remember the exact name of it. But it's basically this really <laughs> um, intensely uh, detailed radar program. So that's one you would use when you've got like a severe storm and you want to break it down. You can look at the storm in 3D on radar and all this crazy stuff. And I've been kind of addicted to these programs for a very long time. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've used these before, John, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I, I think I could hear you drooling over the I might over, have been in, a little headset bit. just talking about this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the, the most famous uh, Gibson Ridge is most famous for its, its radar radar analysis tools and you know we've seen sometimes you'll see posts on social media with 3d looks at, at a mesocyclone of a supercell or a tornadic supercell and you'll see that you'll see the three-dimensional look at reflectivity showing that the hail curtain in a supercell is this 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 area of high reflectivity in a in a hail storm it's truly spectacular stuff if you if you ever want to you know kill 30 minutes or an hour <laughs> and uh you know severe weather going on that's that's definitely the software package for you and by the way, you do have to pay for this stuff. It's not like it's free. You can get a free trial and try it out for a little bit, but it's super customizable. It's just, I mean, if you're a true, true mega weather geek, this is like must-have uh, software, I would say. Um, shout out also to Mike Gibson. He's the guy that created this. I got to meet him in uh, St. Louis this year at the NWA conference. He's a really nice guy. Uh, he was sitting right in front of me at the Cardinals game that we went to. We were at a uh, weather conference there. And I think his story, and I might I might not have this completely right, but I, I'm pretty sure he was one of these early Microsoft guys. And I had heard that he like invented screen sh screensavers and he did really well for himself. And it, it was like one of these situations where like he doesn't have to work, but he enjoys doing this stuff and he's a weather geek. So he's worked with some meteorologists and come up with this amazing programming. Have you heard of that story? <laughs> wow. That's the first I heard it. Boy, you, you had me at inventing screensavers, you know, talk, talk right. about uh, 
talk about something ubiquitous. That's uh, that's impressive. That's cool, man. <laughs> All right, we'll take your last pick. This is the this has to be the best one, of course. Oh gosh, well this is this is tough to choose, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, as a weather geek. I'm going to go with the Mount Washington Observatory, and uh, that nice. is at uh, mountwashington.org. Uh, of course, they're a they're it's a uh, it's an observatory, one of the highest places in the world. Um, and there are volunteers, and of course they they ask you to become a member and, and help donate to help support the program up there. But uh, again, they're atop of Mount Washington in uh, northern New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, you go to mountwashington.org, you'll, you'll see live webcams, you see current summit conditions. And if you've ever thought you've been cold before, um, when there's a, a, a storm hitting the Northeast, especially a windstorm, pull up some of the observations they're seeing, read their blog and look at their live cams. And, uh, you won't ever complain about the weather where you are. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's just a spectacular, it's almost a bucket list thing for anybody who loves winter weather or really meteorology. It's a bucket list thing to actually go and, and visit this place. But uh, look at this, again, it's mountwashington.org. The wind is only 11 miles an hour there right now. It's not very often you see it that low, <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, they, they'll, they'll see wind gusts, uh, you know, uh, 90, 100 miles per hour or more in a, in a, in a classic uh, nor'easter or, or even just a strong area, low pressure that pulls down a strong cold front uh, from Eastern Canada. So it's, it's really compelling stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I just I, I'm so envious of the volunteers there and, and, and the weather they they experience. That's like the most one of the more coveted jobs that meteorologists want to have. Every time a job opens up on top of Mount Washington, everybody's like, oh, I want that job. I want that job. And it's just like every time I see a video from up there, I'm thinking to myself, why would anybody want that job? <laughs> <laughs> just to just to feel those to see and even feel those conditions just once in your life. It seems like it seems like a bucket. It's a bucket list thing for me. So. I know. Here I am down in Atlanta after growing up in Wisconsin and I, you know, I start to complain and get upset when it gets down into the forties now. I've become that guy, John. Did you become that when you were in Atlanta? I know you're back in Wisconsin now. Oh, hey, my my blood is still thinner than it used to be, you know, from sixteen years in Atlanta, but uh, you know, I I still I still struggle with it even now. So I I, I hear you there. <laughs> I don't like to be cold, man. I'm very fragile. All right. Um, this has been a good podcast. I hope you guys check out some of those links. Again, we're going to include a link to the article that John wrote, which is really not much of an article. It's more of just kind of a list of these websites that we went over. And there are a couple more in there that we didn't get to in the podcast, but, uh, some really good ones to bookmark in there. Thanks again, John, for hanging out with me. Hey, it's been fun.